May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So as we have heard, Jesus calls some people who have been engaging with him, fishermen and others, inviting them to follow, to embrace a new identity, a new way of seeing the world, a new way of understanding themselves, to be his disciples. And after a short while he gathers them up on a hill, overlooking the world, a hill not unlike the mount. Below them they can see Capernaum, the fishing boats, people engaged in everyday work. All they had known of life was below them. Violence always lurking at the edge, poverty defining every day, the constant demand of upholding honour, surviving Rome, paying the masters. And gesturing at this world, he invites them to imagine another world, a world where the most important people are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for God's justice, God's righteousness, the pure in heart, the merciful, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted for the sake of God's justice. How different would this world be? This is a world where all flourish, a community that gathers around all, where the common good is held as paramount, a world where the needs of the poor are placed first, and where all are treated with honour and respect, and given what they need to thrive. This was not their world. This is not our world. When we imagine this world, live in this world, help this world come into being, then we are the salt disk of the earth oven, helping God's rain to bubble away. When we imagine this world and live in this world, we are light, living the reign of God, living so others will see God's goodness. And Jesus continued, Don't think that my teachings replace or reduce the law and the prophets. And don't think you can skip the details. Details count. But something more than the details is also needed. Don't get stuck on what the Lord just says. Get behind it. Find the intention. Live that. And in doing that, you will align your whole self with what God desires. And what does God desire? Well, this world that's just been described, held in the Beatitudes, this is the reign of God. This is what the law and the prophets are all about. And then last week, we heard Jesus go on and offer examples of what he has been talking about so far. And it's important that we hear that, that Jesus is not offering a new law, but examples of what he's been talking about. A reading of the law based on everything he has just said, based on the Beatitudes and the world imagined in them. 
And in his teaching, he warns that when our relationships with each other are broken, when we fail to see the other as our sister or brother, when we place our own flourishing ahead of everyone else, then our community is not all that God desires. The Beatitudes are not lived out. And we open the door to exclusion, to belittlement, violence, sexual violence, adultery and murder. Well, all this is very well, but what happens when we're talking about people who do you wrong? The law allows for limited justice, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and no more than that. It's not a requirement, it's a fence, a limit, no more than that. But Jesus says, even that is too much. Jesus says, do not seek revenge. Do not violently resist the evildoer. Do not violently resist the evildoer. If your master strikes you on the right cheek with the back of his hand, as is allowed, resist. Turn your cheek so that he either has to hit you with the palm of his right hand or with his left hand. And both of those will bring shame. Or if a tax collector takes you to court to take your clothes because you have nothing else to pay the tax with, resist. Give him all your clothes and stand naked. His greed and lack of compassion will be exposed. And we and he will have brought shame on himself and his family. Or if a Roman soldier commands you to carry his bag for a mile, as allowed by Roman law, resist. Insist instead that you take it for two miles. Your day of work is already ruined. It will spare another. And maybe... It will help the Roman soldier to see you as a person and not just a pack mule. And what about those others we name enemies, those we loathe and detest, who are outside the boundaries of our community? How do we act with them? The law says that we are to love our neighbour, those like us, our family and kin, our whānau and hapu, those in our community. It is also said, not in the law, that we are to hate our enemies. But Jesus is having none of that. To live the Beatitudes invites another way of being, another way of acting. He says, I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you. Not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. That is what God requires. That is what God does. He gives his best. The sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless. The good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? 
Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously. Live graciously towards others, all others, all others. The way God lived, the way God lives towards you. Be perfect, therefore, as your Father is perfect. So what did you hear this morning? What stood out for you? What questions do you have? What do you think it means to be perfect as God is perfect? And what might we do about that? How might we act in response to that? And what might we take into Lent? invite you to have a conversation with some of your neighbours. What did you hear? What stood out? What questions do you have? What does God, what does Jesus mean to be perfect? What might we do about that and what might we take into Lent out of that? Have a conversation. So, are there any questions or comments to start off with? Not a conversation, but no questions or comments. Well, right, that was the, well, that was the next question I was going to ask. So, what did you decide? What is perfect? What do you think Jesus means by that? Any clues? Hopeless. That's common understanding of perfect, but is that the Greek understanding? When the when the Greek was used there, is that what was behind that? And the answer is no. So the word is teleos, which is the same word that uh, is the name of the highest order of fish. So are they perfect? Are they faultless? No. No, they are just simply the end point of evolution of fish. They are where all the other fish species point to. So to be perfect means to be whole or complete or mature or ripe. So kind of who we are supposed to be. 
So Ash and Patricia said it right at the beginning, Jesus is keeping an eye on us to make sure we are who we are supposed to be, which isn't faultless, but it is people living out the Beatitudes. So everything else that Jesus has described up to that point is describing the nature of God. We do that because that's who God is. So that's what the Leviticus passage was about. Do this, I am the Lord your God, not because these are rules that God gives you, but this is the nature of God. This is who I am, and if you want to live in my presence, this is what it means to live in my presence. To be like me. And so that's what Jesus is doing in the Beatitudes. This is what God is like. You want to live in the reign of God, this is how we are to live. We are to imitate God. So to be perfect is to imitate God and the nature of God, which is, in the end, as one of the commentators described, as immeasurable love, unbounded love and compassion to all people. So some of those things sound quite easy when it's about our family and our friends and people like us, but Jesus doesn't let us get away with that. He just keeps pushing the boundaries out. As we know from Luke, where some of the heroes in his stories were tax collectors and prostitutes, and worst of all, Samaritans. So that would have really shocked people. So he just kept pushing that boundary out. These. These are the people you should treat like your family. So that's what it means to be perfect. So the question then is, as we approach Lent, what are some things that we might do to help us live in that way? Because the point of this is to live in that way, not just to hear it. The very last story in the Beatitudes is Jesus talking about, if you hear my words and act on them, you are like the wise man who built his house on the rock and the storm came and the house stayed. But if you hear my words and do nothing, you are like the foolish man who wrote, built his house on sand and the storm came and the house fell down. It's not enough to hear the words. You have to live them. So Lent starts on Wednesday. A great opportunity to think about what Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes and to think about how, how, what am I being invited to, what small steps am I being invited to, to live that out.